When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The 1950s were an awesome time for music. And when rock and roll crossed paths with television, it blew the doors off of post-war America and changed everything it touched. These artists built a foundation of modern music, and you can still hear the influence on artists 70 years later. Elvis, Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, and more. But the story isn't all sock hops and poodle skirts. The history of rock and roll also contains stories of tragedies, scandal, and racism that ended this early era as quickly as it started. On today's episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're taking a look at the beginning of rock music in the 1950s. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 41. I'm Bruce Kramer, and I'm just one-third of the brilliance and entertainment you are about to receive for the next two hours, because I am here tonight with my two friends and co-hosts, Ryan McCusker and Doug McCusker. Are you rocking? Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia, and our show is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm really excited to do this show. Absolutely. This is like one of my, my favorite parts of music. I the remember. Beginning of it, yes, yeah. it's in the little bio we have over you on our website. You like the stuff at the beginning. I love this year. Yeah, music, I could tell, yeah. Bruce, you got the leather jacket on. You got the slick back the hair. hair. The greaser hair. Yeah, you got the, the, the cigarettes, white t-shirt. The yeah. cigarettes rolled up in your t-shirt. Actually, yeah. it's, not a, it's not a switchblade. It's actually a comb. Oh, so, well. you know, yeah. Hey. But I, I can shank a motherfucker with it if I have to. <laughs> so. Yeah, man, this is, this is where it all started. And we yeah. already, you know, we've talked a, about a lot of these artists already. We did a whole episode on Sun Records, which is one of our better episodes. And I, I feel I like that doesn't get enough love. Yeah, yeah and, definitely uh, check that one out, guys. It was, it was really good. I think it was the first one where we played music, too. And I think yeah. It was, yeah, it was a, I, I really enjoyed that, that episode. But um, yeah, so th- today we just, Ryan suggested, let's talk about the music of the 50s and we'll, do the the whole generate the whole decade. I think the innocence of the fifties showed off in the music. You know, the, I think rock and roll was innocent at that time. I mean, you yeah, had, you had people singing "Shake, Rattle, and Roll" and mm. a whole lot of shaking going on, and you know, a lot of things that are shaken in the fifties. 
the um, yeah. yeah so like the like the cultural awareness i think we were, i talked about that before like See, that's like that's a really good point you bring up like cultural awareness of everything meaning like you know how ryan said like the innocence of the 50s the way they portrayed it like through the media and through television and all that like it seemed like the good old wholesome america dude the but 50s I think people, look awesome i know but I, I don't think people were still like you know you look at movies like greece they're talking about gang bangs and like you know whatever you know? Yeah, they're teenagers. Yeah, but they're like you know, but the innocence that they try to market of what it was, it was I think it was far from it. I think the fifties are awesome if you're a suburban white dude. Sure. Yeah, like the, I, the one Richie thing. That, yeah, one of the things like I learned a lot doing the research for this episode was how shitty black artists were treated. Sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, oh, they were yeah. treated with the back door, man. Yeah. I just really absolutely. bad. Like, even with rock and roll, just learning how crappy some of the mm. stuff was. And I've got some, ex- you know, a couple examples through all the, the notes that we talked about. But yeah, man, I, the, I mean, the world is like, the war's over. Everybody comes home. Everybody's horny. Is this yeah. what they yeah. call the baby boomers? Yeah. 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 So everyone came right home, on. started cranking out, cranking out kids. Everybody's moving in the suburbs. You know, they're building the uh, the highway system. The interstates mm. are all getting built. The nuclear they, family is kind of starting. The nuclear family is starting. Uh, television has started. Unemployment is really low. Mm-hmm. He said, like, yeah, I didn't get too much into, like, the economy. Yeah, but the they said, like, pretty good. Yeah, yeah the, the country's gross national product doubled from 45 to 1960. So, like, this, you know, like, mm. we come into, out of the Depression, go into the war, and just... Everything's booming. Off man. we go, yeah. right? We just... The the way the economy, like, ramped up all the war production just never looks back. Sure. So. It seems like you, you know, you look back on, you know, your grandparents, and they had, like, one job between the two of them, and they can have, you know, a life. You know, right. they could have a house, they could pay their bills, they could... You know, take care of their kids yeah. by one income. Now, forget about it. You can't have a family with just one income. Sure. Um, you know, kids uh, are, um, shit, uh, like the automobile becomes much more popular. Sure. Everybody's getting a car. Uh, I said that television is starting. Movies are becoming a big deal. And rock and roll starts. You know, it's just, um, you know, and I guess rock probably really was more in the mid to late 50s. Okay. In the early fifties, I think fifty three, fifty four, maybe. We we talked about the first rock and roll song before. Yeah, that, that's actually that's actually a really good point, and I'm probably wrong. That um, yeah, because the first rock and roll song was, well, I most people. I think if you ask most people what's the first rock and roll song, they're going to say. Rock Around the Clock by of Bill course, Haley yeah. that we just played. Yeah. But it's not. Right? No we way. talked about in the in the Sun Records episode that the first rock and roll song was in 51 was by Ike Turner and Jackie Ike. Branson. He Rocket, Rocket, Rocket 88. 88. Yeah. Rocket 88. Which is just a... Dude, it's a great song. Yeah. Like, I, it's I still crunchy. think it sounds up. Yeah. It sounds great. Yeah. It has to do with the story with the amplifier falling off the back of the, the truck and yeah. that's how they invented distortion and all that. Where yeah. this distortion was discovered. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at first... Um, Ike Turner was the lead singer of the band, and they were like, and Sam Phillips was like, we're not going to record you because you cannot sing. Mm-hmm. He wrote this song, so the guy next to him could sing, and they put him on the record. Yeah, it was the story like they were they were driving to Memphis to do the recording. I, if I remember from the Sun Records episode, they stopped and saw like BB King live, right? And BB King was like, "You guys got to cut a record," and they're like, "Cool." No idea how to do that. Right. He's like, "Well, go see my guy. Go see Sam Phillips." And as they were driving, the the, the amp like fell out of the mm. car and it broke and Sam Phillips like stuffed a brown paper bag in it or something yeah. and that's where you get that kind of fuzzy sound. I'll play a little bit of it, dude. It's an awesome yeah, do it song. Up. It's an awesome song. Mm-hmm. 
You've heard of Jalopin, you've heard the noise they make, but let me reintroduce my new Rocket 88. Yes, it's straight, just one way. Everybody likes my Rocket 88. Baby, we'll ride in style. That fuzz, dude. I know yeah. we're, we're kind of retracking. We're like going backwards yeah. in episodes, yeah, but like, dude, it's still, it's awesome. It's, yeah, it's the, clear it, as day. And I love it that it's like, that's the fuzz and can't get no satisfaction by the Stones yeah, yeah. or All Day All Night by the Kinks. It's like, that's where it came from. And it's, it's like, just, people are like smashing at that scene. People are like smashing their amplifiers. Right, just, like after this. Right. Yeah. One of the guys you said, like, one of the episodes we talked about a musician who was like, would slice his amplifier yeah, to yeah. get that sound. A lot of people would poke holes just to get just that to get sound. a little fuzz sound out and of it. And it just shit just happened by accident. It's just, I, I love that kind of those stories yeah. and music. Yeah, you know, besides just the guitar in there, the piano is just yeah. all yeah. It's like a hurricane coming through, and the yeah. drums and the backbeat and that's everything great, about the song. That's a great point too. Like the um the piano, like the piano is much more prevalent in rock and roll at this point. You know, sure, like, yeah, it's a like bunch, a main, yeah, it's like a main featured instrument, yeah. right? Little Richard. Jerry yeah. Lewis. Because you look back, that's like a main instrument. Like the guitar is the guitar. Like, but it was never like you. You had like classical guitar things like that going on. But you didn't like not of like today or even this and like even like five years from this recording how the guitar is used. Like the piano, the piano is like the big instrument. Yeah, yeah but yeah. look, look what Little Richard did with the Absolutely. piano. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. What were they using the piano before? Like Little Richard. They probably gospel, yeah. yeah. Church, you know, nobody ever made yeah. a piano sound like the way Little Richard made it, yeah. and, and we'll, he pretty much got that all from church, like his whole sound. And I think we talked about that before, you know. Yeah, we've got a whole section on him, but um, yeah, dude, this, the the piano is more prevalent. The rise of the guitar—that's probably another thing that happens in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll, you know, guitars, the electric guitar, yeah. gets invented and becomes more. Um, a featured because, instrument, yeah, because it's affordable, people are buying it and all that kind you of could stuff. Stand up behind a microphone, stand and play it, and be like a front man. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think a saxophone was a big sure before there was guitar solos. It was all saxophone solos, yeah. and that's a lot. That's a good point. Like with this this uh, genre of music, the saxophones used a lot. Yeah, um, and maybe we'll set the guardrail real quick that we're going to talk about like rock and roll, but also like doo-wop starts at this time too we could do a whole another show on shit there's sure. there's like five guys that we're going to talk about in this episode we could do a whole show on. no i mean doo-wop was a thing that was made in the streets yeah you know just four or five guys get together singing, singing. around singing on the street corner kind of yep. kind of thing so really cool yeah so i got a little bit on on bill haley in the comments just because that's the conception is that he's the first um the first rock and roll singer. And I thought it was real. This was his story. I didn't know a lot about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought this was pretty interesting. So the guy, he started, his band was originally called The Saddleman, and he was a country singer. Huh. And he would kind of go around, and he saw that, like, all these black artists were making rock and roll. And he's like, I want to get in on that. And that's, like, kind of a theme of the 50s is, like, white people ripping off black people. Sure, and yeah, making that's their music. how rock and roll started. Yeah. yeah. So he goes down and sees this band called the Tremere's, and he sees them in Wildwood, New Jersey. And Wildwood is a short Jersey short town. We've talked about it before. It's about an hour and a half from here in Philadelphia. And he saw this band play, and he was like, we're going to do that. And he changed the name of the Saddleman to the Comets, and that's where Bill Haley and the Comets. Comets. It's like hmm. in our backyard. He was a DJ from in like Westchester, Pennsylvania. Oh, no way. So yeah. he was kind of a local dude. Nice. Um, Him writing that song is big, though. Sure. I mean, you know, he captured rock and roll in those lyrics. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Wildwood, New Jersey is also, you know, like the uh, Wildwood Night, uh, Wildwood Days, that song. Yeah. Like, they, Wildwood has a history of kind of being big in the late 50s, early 60s yeah. for music yeah. and doo-wop and stuff like that. But um, he actually, uh, he starts covering 
a bunch of different artists. And I actually found a cover of him doing Rocket 88. Uh, I'll play a little bit of it. It's, it's, not, the, it's not as good. compares that or you know the yeah. one that we're used to yeah, yeah. i don't that, mind it this is the first time i ever heard it i don't yeah. mind it I it's like a it. real like the bass sounds like bill haley in the comments yeah, mm. yeah um, like that slap and yeah you hear that i i think maybe on its own it's okay sure, but compared but not, to the original no part, yeah, i don't i don't like no it way. but um so anyway then he records rock around the clock and rocking around the clock comes out in 54 and i didn't realize this but it um it got really big because it was in a movie yeah yeah and it was a movie called blackboard jungle and it was in the trailer and it was in the uh, like the first scene, and then the song just like explodes and goes to sure. number one. They People said kids were like yeah, dancing yeah. in the in yeah. the stands yeah. and yeah, they, they were like rioting. Yeah. yeah, they were holy shit. They were like yeah. taking over the popcorn machine. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now is this the first time? Like this? Okay, I know we have Rocket eighty eight, but like you know, he says rock around the clock. Does this have something to do when they start naming? Did rock and roll have a name yet at this point? I I looked that up, and there was like a like a big band guy that used the term rock mm-hmm. in like the late 40s oh that's right so it was like kind of like before yeah kind of like just but the, the bigger guy like alan freed the dj yeah. starts really using, using it a as a big thing because it's, right, it's, it's also a good point man because like the term rhythm and blues in the early 50s is a lot of this music yeah right it's the same it is like the it's rhythm and blues is the that's a, what this is rock and roll right you know right yeah, it's like the whole rhythm and blues be- doesn't become like R and B until yeah. like modern R and B till like yeah. the sixties. I, I saw something really cool years ago. Out in, I, I have a friend that lives out in Gloucester City, so like at one point Gloucester City had the most bars in like square miles, like in any town. I believe it. You know, and on one of the side of the bars there was this plaque that said, "This is where rock and roll was born," because this is where the first time Bill Haley and the Comets actually performed. There, hmm. Dude, there was this plaque on it, like right on Broadway. I forget the name. I think the place is closed now. I asked a friend of mine last week if it's still there. He said no. But um, I was always just blown away by that plaque. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I and mean, Bill Haley wasn't really like a um, – he wasn't a rock star, right? He was kind of overweight. He was in his 30s. Yeah. He, he, had, you know. he was married. He had 10 kids. He didn't have any charisma. Um, but he what, one thing that he did have – was when he reco- and he covered the song Shake Rattle and Roll. And Shake Rattle and Roll was originally another song that was written by an African American. Mm-hmm. And then when he recorded it they they it was it was filthy. It was like it had the whole song was full of all yeah, these sexual sounds, lyrics. Definitely. I was listening to it. It's like how was how was this even a hit in yeah. the fifties? Like the original of it they so they they made it more like mainstream mm-hmm. but the one line that they kept in it and we, we talked about this before was the line i'm a one-eyed cat peeking in a seafood store nice. that's about a that's a penis sure smelling a vagina yeah but they let it go because bill haley was blind in one eye that's so what a so if you look at that he has that weird like that one curl over his eye right yeah, that's sure. over his good eye because he didn't want people to if you look at his other eye it's like goes the other off way. to the side because he was blind huh. um for some freak out and somehow they, they left that in there because he was blind and i was like yeah you know, whenever the first time i heard that line like and what it meant i was like 
holy shit, you're right. I've been singing that since I'm a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's really racy for <laughs> the early no, 50s. Sure, sure. Really cool. Um, and then he just gets, you know, he gets wiped off the board by Elvis and oh, Buddy sure. Holly. Yeah, you know, they just, just run totally, him over. He, you know, he's basically forgotten about until, like, nerds like us talk yeah. about him. And he, uh, he, he died. He had, like, mental health issues, and he was an alcoholic, and he died in, like, 1980. Like, kind of, mm-hmm. he lived yeah. kind of a sad a sad yeah. life where he was reading a little bit about him. But That's anyway. a shame. I didn't know that. He, that like, but do you think that, like, parents were already starting to lose their minds at this point? Like, they're, like, you know, all the crosses are coming out, and they're, like, Jesus, like, this is against, like, like the whole, like, religious thing. Oh, my thing. God. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, something dude, I, they were burning everything. They yes. were breaking records. You know, shit, man. They were, The Bible Belt had so much control over everything. They were... I think it was the Bible Belt, and those people went crazy. And then, I mean, I, I watched a bunch of documentaries on YouTube, and I mean, it was like, this is nigger mute. Like, yeah, like, yeah. That, like they yeah. had that reaction, Absolutely. too, of yeah, like, yeah. Color oh, my music. God. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, and people were, like, smashing the albums and all this other kind of shit. But um, then I imagine, like, places like, really, like, Philadelphia, New York, you know, Baltimore, they were eating it up. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, up here in the North, man, they were city. just eating yeah. it up. That's what I, you know what? I said smashing records, too. The the record be, comes out, like, the, the physical, like, the recording technology mm. of, like, the record starts in the 50s as well, I think. I think that becomes like the a record where you can, yeah. like, buy, like, 45s Final, yeah. and, mm. and okay. stuff like that. I think. I, I could be wrong, but... Um, like, anything else, they probably made it more affordable for teenagers to go out and buy a single. Like, they, they you know, you yeah. had records and things like that, but... You know, for affordable, like when we were kids, you can go out and buy a single. You know, probably like the same thing. Look at the oh, they sold money. In the, I'm sorry, they sold money in this, and then they sold record players that were like, a, like kind of a little bit affordable. You know? Yeah. So they're going like the technology was going along with yeah, everything. Like Sears was probably busting out all kinds of record players. Yeah. Or and even on radios. Top of that, yeah. Having a lot of catalogs selling records. Yeah. You know, rock and roll was a brand new thing, and I, I think America jumped on that bandwagon. 45s became available in 1949 okay. in Camden, New Jersey. So oh, it's like RCA by building? RCA. So yeah, it's like, nice. yeah, there's another tie, like, kind of local. So this is like, this area is kind of like ground zero for all this kind of <laughs> shit. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But then I guess, all right, so rock and roll is kind of invented and is blowing up. But there's also, like, cultural things that were going on that were making, like, that brought this to everybody. And the first one was that, that dude, Alan Freed, the DJ in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. We talked about him a couple times that he was like, you know, he, he didn't invent the term rock and roll, but he used it enough that it kind of, like, you Stuck know, with him. Yeah. Like, yeah. He and, his calling card. Exactly. Yeah. And he, like, they argue that he put on the first rock and roll concert in, like, 52. Like, he was playing all this shit. Mm. And he put on a, a show called the Moondog Coronation Ball that had a bunch of rock and roll scan- like artists mm-hmm. in it and stuff like that. So That and, must have been awesome to see those old rock and roll shows. Yeah, dude. Especially when yeah. it's, like, it's all so new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, uh, yes, this is, like... If you're listening to this stuff, it could be the first time you've ever heard an electric guitar. Yeah. You know, like like rock and roll as a as a thing is completely new. Just really cool. Yeah. Dude, imagine the sound. It probably wasn't very good. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's probably like some gymnasium or something like that. Yeah. You know, you know but kids no, had something they wanted to yeah. get out of their system. Sure. You know, yeah. they wanted to dance, they wanted to riot. They yeah. wanted to be all over each other. They, the music made them do it. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and the um, and, and Alan Freed eventually gets brought down by the payola scandal. And there's some other like... What is the payola scandal? So the payola scandal was... Hang on. I do... I have some payola stuff in my notes. So payola was like radio DJs didn't get to pick their own stuff. So record labels would basically pay 
radio DJs to play their their songs to help boost like record sales. Sure. So there'd be more like royalties, so they would get more royalties because a lot of these record labels were ripping off African American artists. Mm-hmm. So they would be like, oh. You know, this black guy wrote this really great song. As a white dude, I'm going to take a third of his royalties. I'm going to go pay the radio DJ yeah, to sure. play it more than I get. So he, this dude, Alan Freed, he had partial writing credits to Maybelline by Chuck Berry. Really? He played the song, Smart. No Shit, for two hours straight one time. Shh. So he just kept getting all the royalties off wow. it. And Chuck Berry wound up suing him. Good for him. Finally. Yeah. Like in yeah. the 80s or something to finally get that all I never undone. But I never knew that. There's all kinds of shitty shit like that. Is there, he a shit back? He, I don't, he, he's not he's not the biggest shit okay, back because he okay. also like so when record labels also would make would record these songs and then they would have white people come make crap versions of it. and i got a couple we can uh-huh. play later yeah he refused to play the white people version he's like i'm gonna play no that's not the original i'm gonna play but who the hell wants to hear that honky shit uh, dude, they're, so, they're bad some of them are really bad dude i got i got two on but here you think that we can say, play do you think he's saying that because that's not the version that he owns or it he, could be they, that he's also like, got, mean, got his hand in his pocket he, sure in his pocket yeah so. but it sounds like shit but yeah. at the same time like wait a minute this sounds like shit i'm not and i'm not getting paid for it yeah. so he's one of um a handful of people who ripped off chuck perry yeah. too in this is like jesus christ everybody ripped off chuck perry yeah yeah. Everybody from their fucking guitar licks to the money. Yeah, everything. And then the other big thing, man, around the culturally was American Bandstand. Again, another Philly. Yeah. Another it's a, Philly it's a thing, yeah. right? Totally Philadelphia thing that started American Bandstand. We, uh, people, American Bandstand, Bruce, give us a little background. So it was like in, in 52, right? There was a... Um, it was just like a TV show where he would have like just artists come on and play some songs. I think there was like people dance would dance. Yeah, 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 it was a dance yeah. show. Yeah, and it was it was almost like you know we're old enough that we grew up watching like MTV dance or at club MTV. Thing, club yeah, MTV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this was like that, but like cool. Yeah, yeah, and like so it brought all these artists like to your living room, not just your radio. And it was like something that was just local. Yeah, you know, and it was like. Getting all over, getting better airplay, a stronger currents on yeah. TV, getting to like Baltimore and Chicago, and it just all expanded, these, and expanding, expanding. But it's cool that you know all that shit started here in Philadelphia. Yeah, and Dick Clark, you know, he mm. hosted the uh, New Year's Eve forever. Uh, so called Dick Clark show. Yeah, the Dick yeah, Clark but he started yeah. for that. Yeah. He was the host forever. Yeah, I, I never knew he wasn't. He's still alive somewhere. He's in a basement. <laughs> the zombie, zombie Dick Clark. Yeah, but what's cool about the American Bandstand, like the neighborhood that me and Ryan live in, in South Philadelphia, you know, the Gerard Estate area. I we always talked about not so much anymore because people were moving on, like you know, age wise. But you would run in all kinds of people, be like, oh, I was on Bandstand, I was on Bandstand because it was like filmed like in like uh, West Philadelphia, I believe. Hmm. You know? Yeah, like everybody from like. Uh, the local high schools, they all ran down there to the TV studio before. To watch it. Yeah. yeah. To come down and see if they can get on the I show. I was trying to get on the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every yeah. day of the week. Oh, very cool. Every yeah. day of the week, they come down and get get in the line. And, you know, they had the regulars that were on there every day. But then they would have, you know, like Kids Day on Bandstand. Or, you know, even very awful, they would have like Negro Day. Hmm. Yeah. You know? But that's even like on Saturdays. I think somebody told me before they would do like when the show got more and more popular. Like the week during the week, it would be, it would be filmed here, and then on Saturday they go to New York City and, and uh, do a show. And do a show there. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I had to ask my mom if she ever because my mom got like this is like 
one of the first eras of music that like I, I just remember my my parents listening to doo-wop all the time mm-hmm. I don't know if my mom was a big bandstand person I'll tell you my mom grew up in Taconi in the northeast part of Philadelphia so I'm sure she was yeah yeah I mean I think everybody was a big part of bandstand I mean it was the only way to see to see any of these artists yeah the music yeah you know look how people are gyrating to it and it's different than um like Ed Sullivan, right? Because Ed Sullivan yeah. would have a couple artists on. No, nah, this was but like this in, was like this is middle of the afternoon, like yeah. after school, like five o'clock, four or five o'clock. It's almost know. like total request live on MTV, but again, like cool. I'm trying to like make some sort of you comparison. Know, yeah, you're there. Every, like, yeah, everybody's watching Bandstand. Um, our family's first business in Philadelphia was an ice company, and what we did was we delivered ice to all the bars in the neighborhood. Really? Yeah, mm. and all. The bars that my father went into to deliver ice, they all had bands. It was all on, on TV, and here you got like the six-year-old drunks sitting there watching the teenage girls dance. You know, like that was the only reason they were watching. They didn't care about the music. They didn't care about the music. They, they wanted to see the pretty down. girls. Yeah, they probably to wind down on something else. So I, I do that whenever Katy Perry comes on TV. Ugh. I turn it on, put something. You know, just, she's yeah. nice to look at, not nice to listen to. And I, you know, I was surprised to see that Dick Clark wasn't the first host of that. No, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was another dude named Bob Horn. And, and this he's guy, a shitbag of the week. I think he is, man. So this guy was fired for drunk driving. He was involved in a prostitution ring. He was uh, sleeping with a 13-year-old, Oof. apparently at the studio where they shot American Bandstand. Oof. And they, they blew him out. And apparently they were like, they were ready to pull the plug on the whole show. Yeah, man. And then Dick Clark kind of fell into it. We, we could do an entire episode on... American Bandstand. Totally. Um, I mean, it was the it was the beginning of bringing rock and roll into your living room. Yeah. You know, it was it was one thing on the radio, but now it's on your TV. Yeah. I'm going to give this guy Bob Horn. We'll give him Shitbag of the Week. Sure. Let me see if I got the right button. Shitbag of the Week. Dun, dun, dun. I don't think we had a Shitbag of the Week last episode. No, so. it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a while. He's so. a good one. He's a smelly one. Yeah. Yeah, total dirtbag that never knew about. But um, yeah, dude, it's American, so American Bandstand and this guy, Alan Freed, are kind of doing their thing, and they're bringing music to, um, to the people. But another part I have in my notes is like the holy trinity of African-Americans in early 50s rock and roll, man. And that's Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, and Little Richard. I started thinking about this, man, like... We still deal with racism in 2020, and the cultural impact that African Americans have had on the music industry sure. cannot be understated. There would be no music, I think right? I think it's to this day, it's still... It's still, it's mm-hmm. like uh, jazz, blues, hip-hop, R&B. Everything. Every modern American, every like every music genre that is attributed to America mm. came out of African like African Americans yeah, rhythm and blues but, right it comes it's just from, like yeah. well maybe not country but like yeah right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, a good point yeah, other yeah, than country yeah, I mean, you had some country. great yeah. R&B like you had James Brown yeah you know James right. funk music yeah yeah you know, top of rock and roll you know they like you had this R&B music um the Isley brothers they were a big influence on a lot of rock and roll bands yeah yeah, a lot. I mean, yeah, just all this stuff. I mean, and the ultimate, I guess, the ultimate version of a white person taking something from a black guy is Elvis. Oh, right? yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. Sam Phillips was famous, like, give me a white man who could sing like a Negro. I can't and wait for that. that I'll Elvis make a, movie, a billion dollars. That Elvis movie is going to be dynamite. Yeah. No, it is. But it's just like, you know, that's how much influence that culture had over, like, you know, you had all these white guys wanting to go out there and play this this kind of music, like, you know, and, 
make it a rock and roll thing, make it their own. You know, I don't, I don't really blame, like, you know, it's all marketing. It's all about making money at the end of the day, but I don't blame them for like wanting to play that style of music. Like this is like banging shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. I wouldn't like, but I want to play the song. I want to sing it. But there's also, I think there's a degree of it too, is like, there's some white record executives who are like, Oh yeah. Oh, we can't like, you sound like, like America can't handle that. Like the music is enough, but now it's like, like these black folks doing it. It's like, holy shit. Like how outrageous was little Richard? Right. Oh my God. All right. You want to just, let's talk about him. Yeah. Play play something right off the bat. He was so outrageous. All right. Hang on. Gonna tell and Mary about Uncle John. He claimed he has a music, but he's having a lot of fun. Oh, baby. Yes, baby. Woo, baby. Having me some fun tonight. Yeah. Well, long tall Sally, she's a beautiful species guy. Everything that Uncle John needs. Oh, baby. Yes, baby. I, dude, dude I hear historians say that Little Richard is the beginning of rock and roll. Sure. Like, you know, um, there's that story that Dave Grohl always says about Lemmy, that he says, Lemmy goes, before there was rock and roll, you had your parents' records, and it was like Rosemary Clooney records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like what was hot and everything like that. Now, here is this new thing, rock and roll. That's totally blowing everything out of the water. And here's Little Richard, colorful as his music like, is. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. And I was, that's the thing I keep trying to wrap my head around. You know, like the 50s are also very, the nuclear family. Sure. And the, you know, the dad in the white t-shirt pushing his lawnmower and the white picket fence. And you got this dude who's like, is he gay? Is he straight? Mm. Is he, you know, he's pushing. He was a, he was a fucking rock star right he's pushing yeah. gender he's, kind of shit yeah. he's got his hair done he's up he's got makeup on right and it's like and it's the 50 and he's black yeah, yeah. and he's but in, in in jim crow america is just no fucks given man and he's he just from ro- the south right he yeah. just wrote yeah. right a very religious background he just he did his own thing and did not give a shit it's just amazing. They accepted him. Like, you know, he was, he was a showman. Like, you know, like, you, had, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. and this and that, you know. Or I don't know if, that's, if the timeline's there. But same thing. He's th- he's unthreatening. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's a I performer. I think he's real threatening. There was a bunch of his songs that were very provocative, men. You know, a wah ba ba a la bam boom like, Yeah, how do, how do you think he's not threatening? I think just the way that like they didn't see Sammy threatening, like you know what I mean. He was a showman, like he was like Liberace on steroids, like you know what I mean. He okay. his talent spoke yeah. for himself. He could sing. I thought I, I I would imagine my grandparents watching that shit and being like, "Turn it off." Sure, this is you know whatever kind of music. Well, so then, well, so the music that's a great segue. So the music industry were like a song like Tutti Fruity, Tutti Fruity, man. That's another song, dude. Like, all right, I found some of the original lyrics. Mm-hmm. The original was a wop bop a loop a good goddamn tutti fruity good booty. If it don't fit, don't force it. Just grease it, make it easy. Like that song is about <laughs> yeah, yeah. gay sex yeah, yeah. in the fifties, and it was it like, is so, Little Richard. Yeah, they, so they they scaled it back, and you know Little Richard did his thing, and then they scaled it back even more, and Pat Boone covered it. And I, oh, it Lord. sounds homosexual. It does. He says it's it. really <laughs> bad. Yeah. Oh, 
But that, I heard that, I heard that he came up with that. He used to work in a kitchen. Yeah, I heard the same and, thing. And um, the boss would come back and start yelling at Little Richard, "You better get me get it together!" And he's like, "Oh, wop, bam, bam, boom, get it out of my face!" Like kind of thing. That's, but yeah, uh, you know, with Pat Boone doing that, let's like like whoever owns like RCA, whoever owned the the rights to this song. Okay, well now we're gonna get this. Papoon guy to do it, like, and he is like, you know, what? And we're gonna get, the, and we're gonna, and we're gonna get the parents to buy it. Yeah, and we're gonna make more money off of this. Like, you know, what I mean, the, 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 the like, we got their kids' money. Yeah, now, we're, now we want the parents' yeah. money. And, and he, they're like, oh, I'm hip. I'm listening to Papoon. And Papoon yeah. also, he covered Long Tong Sally. And remember, yeah. like, we were, I don't know, man, in our twenty, he came out that cover yeah, yeah. of like old metal, metal, metal yeah, shit. shit was great. He yeah. made a he, he made a it. career just making these crap. And Rich, little Richard hates him. He was like, "I sure. want to beat him." Yeah, because also little Richard, like, all right. So I read his um, he sold the rights to this song for fifty bucks, yikes, and half of a cent off of every record. Oh, that that's was a bad. Sold. That's a bad. Song. He got no money whenever the song was used in movies or covered by other people. Mm-hmm. So he got nothing all these and years, all these years, and he finally he sued he sued the record label in eighty four for one hundred and twelve million dollars, and he settled out of court. But it was still like he just got ripped off, man. Sure. That song is just it was in everything. He was the greatest. Yeah, they said he was so poor growing up. They said like his his dad died when he was young. His mom had twelve kids. He said like they would literally in the winter they would go out and they would pull like siding off of their house and burn it in the yeah. fireplace to stay That's warm. Poor, man. That's really poor. And then he signed this off like he that would have been his gravy train, and he just signed a really bad yeah. record. Deal. He worked his ass off though. He, he played, worked his ass off for like fifty years. Man. He probably played eight days a week, man. Yeah, he didn't stop. Yeah. He said he was um. Well, it's also he his dad threw him out of the house when he. I don't know how old he was when his dad died, but his dad threw him out of the house when he was fifteen because mm-hmm. he said I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the gay out of you. Yeah, and and he I mean, mm. I guess over his career he was like I'm bisexual I'm gay. No, he was I'm married not. at like, one point too, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, it's yeah. He's, he's one of those yeah. weird like Elton John kind of like yeah. Mercury moves all over yeah. the place with his sexuality, and I think he's. I mean, he also at one point like he quits music for a while to become a preacher. So yeah, I think I he probably that. had yeah. some own some internal shit. He yeah, was he never. To it, out. But I don't think I ever really came out. Like I read an article. Like we did, we talked about Little Richard before, and I re- remember reading something. Like he never officially came out. He never acknowledged yeah. this. He never acknowledged that. Too, but he's fabulous, though. I think you he's know? too religious to come out. Yeah, yeah, or to have that be part of his. How can you say? Yeah, yeah, like you his know? image or his yeah. existence or like whatever. Like, like he was asexual. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like he he was breaking gender rules then. Yeah. yeah. And he worked, man, like up until he died. Too. Sure. I mean, he's he's working on commercials and still. You would always see him whenever. You take it for granted, you know, back then. You would see, like, Little Richard on TV, like, oh, yeah. Here he's he was, him. like, on Full House. Like, yeah. oh, Little Richard's on Full House. You know? Yeah. But yeah. it was, like, the 80s, the late 80s, early 90s. And he was, like, he was everywhere, like how you just said. He was he's everywhere. Every channel, com- Pepsi commercials. Like, he's in a Cinderella. He did a song with Cinderella. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just, he was all over the place. Yeah. I didn't know he did a song with yeah. Cinderella, but I'm going to look that up. Yeah. That sounds awesome. He was in the video. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, for for a little okay. shelter. Yeah, all right. To, all right, very cool. If I ever met Tom Kiefer, I'd be like, dude, what was Little Richard like on set? He'd probably say he's fucking awesome. Yeah, right. Everybody thinks he's awesome. He was so. either awesome or he was just like a uh, a pain he has to work right. with. We go to Little Richard and move on to Marvin Berry's famous uncle Chuck Berry. Sure, Marvin. 
Right? That was Mar- that was Marvin from Back to the yeah, Future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cousin Marvin. I thought I was just Michael J. Up. Fox invented rock and roll. That's right. So the first black rock and roll star, and really one of the first black musicians to cross over from the blues, right? Just And he you know, like he wasn't just a great songwriter, he was a great guitar player. He was. He's a great showman. Yeah, man. Yeah, let's just play a little bit of Johnny Be Good. And this this beginning is just yeah, one of those like you just you know right away what this is. It's prestige, man. Yeah, it's just awesome. It's amazing. It'll never die. Yeah. yeah. Chuck never Berry, yeah. You know, Chuck Berry wrote the same song for fucking six sure, years. Sure, but it's a yeah. great song. Yeah, I know. Just like you know, ACDC has been writing the right, same song. Yeah. Like all those Chuck Berry songs, kind of sound the same. That Johnny Be Good man. At one point, when uh, NASA was sending out the Voyager spacecraft, they put some records on it sure. in case like. An yeah, alien got, has a fucking record ship, player. They got ship, or shipwrecked. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, aliens could could listen to whatever music is on Earth. That's the song that they put. They put like Beethoven's Fifth in like that song. I think that's. I agree with that. It's it's amazing. It's just a great song. And I mean, dude, and he he's another man that uh, sold. That got ripped off his record contract. So his contract was like when he would go and perform. If a certain number of people bought tickets, he would get 750 bucks. Otherwise, he would get 150 bucks. And sure as shit, every time he went on tour, somebody from the record, he was on Chess Records, mm-hmm. somebody from the record label was there and be like, oh, man, you fe- you fell just short of the, the 750 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm surprised he let people do that to him. Dude, I, and I, I wrote some stuff around uh, Maybelline and... Um, so I was saying that he got the, uh, you know, Alan Freed had some of the writing credits of it. It was horrible. He said, like, he never really looked at who had the writing credit. And he finally looked at one of the records and he said there was him, Alan Freed, and some guy named Russ Frado. And he, and he was never like, met him. Who's he this was guy? Like, who the fuck is Russ Frado? Yeah. Russ Frado was the landlord of the, he owned the building the Chess Records was in. They probably so owed him, they they probably kick, owed him it was money. a kickback. Yeah. They yeah. owed him money. Yeah. Wow. And they put him on that. And, what a kickback. Holy shit. And he said he never stopped to think about his contract because his he said his first royalty check was twice as much as he paid for his house. Yeah. He had no idea what like songwriting credits he got were caught up royalties. In it. Yeah. Well, this was kind of like non-invented. It was invented, but it wasn't like a major like moneymaker. Like rock and roll pushed that envelope. They probably like music never made that kind of money that rock and roll made. They probably you know? they were probably couldn't keep up making records. No. Right. Like, they're probably behind catalog. Like you couldn't get a re- you couldn't get a certain forty five because the back catalog. Was oh yeah, John Lennon said like we had to give rock and roll another name. You call it Chuck Berry. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. He I was like, like that. Yeah, he was the first. He was the the first person put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's like even we're just playing that. I, I picture him like I can see him in my head dancing. You know, doing that. Yeah, like, the duck walk. The duck yeah, the duck walk. walk with the guitar. And it's just like he, he is rock and roll. Like you know, it's a different kind of rock and roll. Like than what Rocket eighty eight is. Sure. Rocket eighty eight has that fuzz sound on it. Chuck Berry is a very, very clean, clean, yeah, or like chickadee, yeah, de- like kind of chickadee kind of sound. Yeah. He developed the sound though, like you know, he he helped develop it 
like you know it's like the recording the recording the, the process of recording was getting better he didn't you know? even start playing guitar until he was 18 years old no shit he got out of jail really? he got out of jail and then he started playing guitar after he got out of jail and then he wrote songs and he was like oh what can i write songs about it's like teenagers yeah hmm. you know he's a smart dude yeah he was very intelligent how old was he when he first made his first single then if he started working if he you know 18 years old he started playing guitar i'm not sure but i did read that he um he went to saw to see muddy waters at a gig mm-hmm. and met him backstage and was like hey man i like your records how do i put out a record and Muddy Water was like, go talk to Leonard Chess yeah. and put out this record. So, yeah, I'm not sure how old he was, though. Man, and then another, like, he got ripped off by music executives. And then, just, like, a list of the people that he, like, Keith Richards said he stole. He's like, I've stolen every lick that he ever sure. wrote. Yeah, that's, that's every like, guitar yeah. player. Yeah. yeah. Every band. Every it. band in, like, the yeah. 70s ripped off Jim, uh, Chuck Berry. Chuck, Chuck Berry. Berry. The, the Beach Boys had to give him writing yeah. credit for Rock in USA. He sued the Beatles over Come Together. Really? And they said it ripped off his song, You Can't Catch Me. Yeah. Um, he's yeah, trying to get everything back. He had made a bad deal. God he's trying right, to get. Man. I'm trying to get every penny I can get. He's another that he was bitter. Well, dude, I would be too. Everybody, I don't me know. Off. I don't know. You know, he started rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, how can you not be just self righteous? Be yeah. like, I am the beginning of rock. Yeah, and roll. yeah. Well, I think I don't we, think there's enough money in the world that could keep him happy. Yeah. No, yeah. he's very verbal about I, it. I think it, I think it was the prestige of it too. Yeah. Like you ripped me off. And he wasn't and, modest about it either. No. Like you no. see how hell rock and roll man. Like yeah. just that speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, his ego you it's know. fun. Some of those old videos too of like, you know, he'd be performing with like Keith Richards and he's yelling at Keith Richards where that's, to stand. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that's that's like, hysterical. Yeah. Man. Yeah. The one he's with he's the like, e Street right, band dude. he's yelling at him. He's like, all right, man. Yeah. It's like a Chuck. <laughs> he's yeah. like But you know, Chuck Berry's he's the man in charge. You want to play Chuck Berry songs? You're gonna play him my way. Yeah, you sure. Play, you know, who's he's you think he's gonna let some like limey motherfucker come in here and play his song and like fucking take a back seat on it be like oh you think you think chuck berry gave a fuck about keith richards no. but you go back and watch it. i forget what song he was trying to like say he made him play that uncomfortably like too yeah. many times like it was like and they showed all like 15 times like nope do it again dude i'm like all right i think i text you guys like a few months ago so i was like man yeah. chuck berry's a motherfucker yeah, not berry, in a good chuck way berry but he's a motherfucker not, i don't care. think he's a nice guy no 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 i don't no, think he's a nice all. guy no, at all no. i mean he Went to jail again after he was a rock yeah. and roll star. What was he originally in jail for? Uh, Do we know this? I'm not sure. Uh, well, in 59, he <laughs> was arrested for transporting a 14-year-old across state lines for immoral purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of knew about that one. Yeah. He was arrested in 87 for assaulting a woman. Is that what he farted on? <laughs> <laughs> he did the duck walk on her face. <laughs> He had a restaurant. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what he was in jail for. Did he, but you know, he he was like a freak. Yeah, he had also, a long line of like womanizing, and you know, he had yeah. some weird fetishes that he was into. They got, they caught him having cameras in this ladies' rooms in his, his rest- restaurant, yeah, and that was like shit. in the eighties. Uh, yeah. boy, oh boy, yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder if he was all like coked out and shit yeah you know like you always want to get paid in cash man like <laughs> he did it's actually yeah. i have wikipedia open and that's what the line just says always insisted on being paid in cash, cash. so but Can't. yeah he's an interesting character i guess you have to be to be the grandfather of rock and roll yeah another just completely over the top kind yeah. of dude though so i'll take little richard though. like little richard seems like a much normal person 
Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, it, they're, they're they're very different. Yeah, people. Yeah, but different, it's different kind of music. It's yeah. two different kinds of music. Definitely no humility between the two of them, though. No, mm-hmm. no. Nor nor with the third guy we're going to talk about, Bo Diddley. Bo um, Diddley's the man, yeah. dude. He uh, you don't know Diddley. You do not know Diddley unless you know Bo Diddley. Um, really interesting too that he like. Um, I was reading some interviews with him, and he was like, "My job. I went out there on stage, and I wanted to destroy the audience. Sure, it was like that. For, like that guitar mentality of like, I'm going to stomp the shit out of everybody who's listening to me. And that's like what his music was: is stomping. Yeah, yeah. you know. Let's yeah. hear. Let's hear a song. Yeah, dude, you got Bo Diddley on here, which is a great song. You hear that guitar, and you could be like Keith, yeah, or easily mm-hmm. can can be one of these British guys. And he's definitely you know? doing something different that nobody else was doing. You could hear it, the Bo Diddley beat. Yeah, that's the 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 one two three one two the yeah yeah. But just the effect on the guitar, like yeah. you know, whatever. I don't even know if you can call it an effect at this point of, of music. But it's just it's. What was that weird guitar that he played on? It was it the box. cigar box. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, he um, and it had a weird sound to it. Yeah, you, could, you know, it definitely had. It was Bo Diddley music. Mm. That that beat, like I just I looked up like a bunch of songs that use it. It's like um, Faith by George Michael, sure. Desire by U two. She's the one. Springsteen, Magic Bus by the Who. I was going to ask it's like a foundational. Yeah. Song. I was going to ask it. Did he did he sue like the guys like I want candy? Did he sue those guys because he totally could have fucking sued those guys? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think he's yeah, another guy that sold his soul to like the white guy yeah you know yeah he, is there um, anything controversial about him whatsoever uh, only that he sold all of his publishing rights for 10 grand yeah and they said that when he would tour he drove around in a white hearst like just kind That's of over the top him. showmanship yeah. but he um he self-taught a guitar player yeah, you can tell he that. built yeah. all of his own guitars yeah and you look at that early cigar box and there's all kind of knobs and shit all over it yeah. like he even i think people were comparing him to the edge or like mm. he invented like the tremolo yeah and the guitar he said it was like car part he said like he built a guitar out of he took apart a um like a like a phonograph and an old radio and made his own electric guitar and the tremolo was like parts from like a car dude that he how put did this guy's like, very inventive like i didn't yeah. know all this and they said he even like um i was genius. reading an interview with him like way later in his life like the after 2000 and he had um he had had like some toes amputated for like diabetes or something mm-hmm. he was telling the reporter how he like made a special shoe for him and it was like you know to give him support so he's like a, he always was like tinkering with shit yeah. sounds yeah. really cool yeah, sounds great guy like amazing yeah amazing he, guy he probably had all kinds of inventions you know yeah they said he was always messing with the guitar he's and the like technology like how like uh the reputation that jack white has mm-hmm. being yeah. like very inventive with yeah. his gear you know I, maybe Bo diddley was like you know the nikola tesla of, of guitars, guitars. Yeah. And they said he yeah. was always another dude he was just pissed that the record industry focused on elvis and not him sure because he said too he was like one of the first guys like playing behind his head and playing with yeah. his teeth and all this like over the top show and he couldn't shake elvis, his hips though. though yeah he couldn't shake his hips no though. it no. wasn't elvis elvis yeah. was a white guy yeah right you couldn't beat that that right. was better than gold yeah um i saw a pretty cool story uh story too he went on ed sullivan and ed sullivan's like are you gonna play that song 16 tons 
you know, 16 yeah, yeah, tons of what he get. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. And he said he rehearsed it. And then when he went up on stage when the show went live, he played that song Bo Diddley. We just nice. played. And they said Ed Sullivan went like, bad shit. Oh, sure. They, that's, like, the audience went song. that's his most famous song, yeah. in my opinion. And they said know. Ed Sullivan was like, you will never be on TV ever again in your entire life. It was worth it. My ch- like, it was worth it. And remember Bo- those commercials he was in back in the day with Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson, yeah. Yeah, yeah that shit was great. Yeah. Yeah, man, he's um. I don't know if people still listen to him that much. I think like, so. That song, I think they do. That's a great song because that was in that Wolf of Wall the Street rhythm. movie. Like you know, what I mean, the, the rhythm. Yeah, you know, the rhythm's everywhere. You know, we can even get to we get we're going to talk about Buddy Holly. You know, I think uh, not fade away. Yeah, sounds, take that beat. Yeah, yeah. The Bo Diddley beat is a real famous thing. Did do you have you heard the stuff he did with the Grateful Dead? Mm-hmm. Have you? I saw that. I was just doing my notes that he re, re, he went on tour with the dead. And it was I heard the, him. I heard uh, he like opened for the dead. Did he? Yeah. Like in the 60s? He said it was one of the, it's one of the Dick's Picks see, albums. I know there's I, like a hundred of those, but uh, there is one with, with Bo Diddley on it. Cool. I just I put it on here. I was like, oh, it's kind of yeah. interesting. Like, Everybody went to play with the dead. Yeah. You, I mean, the dead was just an electrified huge, blues band. Yeah. And they had a huge audience also. So it's exposure. You know, it seemed like. Every couple of years, like other bands realized how important he was, right? That's great. The, the dead, and yeah. Like he toured with the Clash. That's and great. Some other kinds yeah. of like bring him around. Yeah, and I, I didn't see a lot in his like about him being like a bad dude. No, you know, like just compared, bad businessman. Yeah, it seems yeah. like everybody was a bad businessman at they some just, point of their career because it was all new. To get on the radio. Yeah, it's all yeah, new. You're right. It's all new. There's no. And they're probably making more money than they ever made and that they could think of. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, I'll sign anywhere. Like, you know, so it's bad business. It's being invented as it goes along. They're like, I'll write another song. Yeah. And guess what? You know, and it wasn't the same song and it wasn't a hit. It's like the, it's like the opportunity for like, all right, man, like as African-Americans, we've done something that white people haven't. Like we have the upper ground here. We could have like, we could have owned this shit, but then like. The the business executive just just the world it all wasn't up. right. The world wasn't ready for no. that yet. The world wasn't in that place yet. No, I mean the early fifties, right? I think it's yeah. like what fifty four is Rosa Parks. So it's like yeah, yeah we the still got not there. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, uh, it's just a shame. Yeah, you know, just just I don't know. I mean, out of all the research, I was like the one thing I came away with. It was like how these guys just got like hosed and screwed, yeah. and the shitty white people covers and the water, and it's just like it's lame. Some of the covers are just lame, like the yeah. white people versions. Like, I don't. Yeah, like I said, they were targeting the parents. Yeah, yeah, they had to be. Yeah, let me. Um, you know what, dude? I, I don't have him in here, so maybe we can just like I'll talk about this real bad. Like the example I found of the the crappy covers was one of the versions from Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Mm. You know, great song, great right, song. Right, and he was like, they set the stage for like the Jackson 5 and yeah. all that other kind of shit. So I'll play a little bit of that and then I have a white person cover. It's so terrible. Which song is it? Teenager Love? Yeah, dude. Yeah, Why, why Do Fools we'll Fall in love. love? Yeah, so here's a little bit of the Frankie, Val, uh, Frankie Lyman. Just great, right? He he's, was fantastic. He's 13 when he's yeah, singing that. He was a huge star. Yeah. yeah. He was right. a huge star. All right. So here's a here's a version of it that was out, and this is by a band called The Diamonds, and I'm going to skip about 40 seconds into it. This is so fucking terrible. Game, love, can't put people to shame. I know 
with the reverb. So bad. That is horrible. That's so strange. Right. It was, you know, music was different then. They just wanted to give the guy credit for holding the note that long. Like, you know, but wow. And the the cover's like four, it's four white dudes in a... Because it was safe. Oh, wait. The Diamonds. They also did this song. That's horrible. That's the, it's the same group. Yeah. Okay. So this know. is their big. So that's yeah. their, that's I'm, their song. I'm looking at the little picture. I'm like, oh, it's four white guys in tuxedos. Like, oh wait, no, there's yeah. another song on the playlist with the same. Hmm. Okay, it's those guys. But that version of Why Do Fools Fall? It's like there's no soul in that at all. But it's just, it's like, just like, dude, they're gonna make money off of it. They're gonna push it out. And but I thought it was. I thought the original version was very white. Sure. Like, there was no. Like, there was, was safe, no you know, R and B to it at all. Yeah. It was just straight up kind of show tune singing there's also like um like it's marketable there's white version groups of like shaboom and earth mm-hmm. angel like all those kind of real soulful you know the guy the the, the band with the guy that has the really singing the bass and like the boom 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 and it is they made these crappy white people but, versions but it's of like it. you go home like you know like i kind of get where these record companies are at like okay well these kids are not going to be able to walk in their house with these album sleeves or whatever with these black guys on it. So we're going to put a bunch of white guys on it. They're not going to do a better job, but they're going to buy an album because they like the other little, version. Little Richard said that. When I was reading the thing about how much he hated Pat Boone. He was like, yeah. they would they would come home with the Pat Boone version and put it on top of their dresser so their parents would yeah. see it. But then they would secretly keep my version in the top That's drawer great. to pull out yeah. when their yeah. parents went to so bed. What is this? Oh, it's Pat Boone. Yeah. yeah. True. That's yeah. awesome. So. I mean, I think that's it for those guys. Um, every, any one of those, we could do an entire, entire fucking episode on. Those man, dudes this were just pioneers yeah. of of what rock and roll became. Yeah, the attitude, the aggression. Attitude. That's a great point too, because like Chuck Berry's almost like punk rock a little bit. Yeah, like, like you know, and Little Richard leads to Prince, P- Prince, and yeah. Queen, and right, yeah. yeah. Eccentric yeah. rock yeah, and roll, like Hendrix too, like playing yeah. the guitar behind your yeah. head, kind mm-hmm. of shit. And all right, man, we need to talk about like Sun Records a little bit too. So I don't, we're not going to get too much into like the history of Sun Records because we said we did two hours on it, but that was a great episode. Yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, like, so much music came out of that. Do you think people like we were talking about the recording process? Do you think people recognize the echoing that we were talking about on the vocals? I think you have to be really. I think our show is for people that are not casual music fans, right on. Mm. And but maybe I don't know, our audience, our audience is really like you know, listen to different kind of genres of music. Sure, like, I talk we, to enough people out there. You and know? we jump all over the place too. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely target the people that want some more like nerd kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know how much. I don't know, man. If people care about. The technology of the fifties in music—I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll cut that out. I don't want to be insulting to anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I think it's fascinating, but you know, like I mean, you say a lot, Ryan, about artists using the studio as an instrument. Well, I think how- they had such a great opportunity to do that to make such good records in the studio because you would have an orchestra at your exposure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had it wasn't just like there was a four piece band. Like, no, you had a twenty seven piece orchestra backing up you, and that's why it sounds fucking awesome with recording technology. Yeah, you mean at Sun? You mean? Oh, I'm I'm still thinking about big like recording. You think about like chess and all that? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like using multiple tracks and layer yeah. and shit and stuff like that. Yeah. But but what you said too, man. You you talked a lot about in the um, 
the Sun Records episode about how Sam Phillips was able to do that echoing technique on Elvis. And then when like RCA got his contract, they were like, all right, do the thing. Yeah. And he was like, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to do it. And they, they couldn't yeah. figure it out yeah. how to yeah. do it. It's yeah. like how, so uh, he did, I forget what we said. Did he tell them how to, did to do it? Or he kept that the shit to himself. I think I, he think I think he kept that. I think to he himself. did too. I yeah. think they had Elvis in like a hallway or so. They tried to put like, him in paid, a hallway to get the yeah. echo. It's like, like oh, down no, there. no, you paid for Elvis. You didn't pay for how yeah. I recorded him. So you got the kid, but I got the know how of how to record the kid. I'm sorry, the RCA recordings are unbelievable. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, I they're mean, Elvis didn't, yeah. Elvis didn't. The recordings that he did at Sun Record were. Very important into rock and roll, um, but you know the technology that they were using compared to what RCA was using oh, was two oranges, fucking yeah. things. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, jail hall. You have jailhouse rock on here. I'm going to play a little bit of that. You can never again another opening of a of a rock and roll song. You're like you hear it and you immediately go bow bow. You know immediately what yeah. it is. We were driving, I was driving down here, I was listening to that, and I was, you know, he's like, so-and-so playing the trombone, and I was like, is there a tambourine? Is it going to be like yeah, Colonel Decker playing or somewhere? From our uh, the Elvis uh, episode. The comeback special yeah. episode. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I agree that the RCA stuff does take it to another level. I like the early stuff. I like some of the Sun Record stuff, just because yeah, also Sun you're Record like... Sun Record stuff is great. It's like a punk rock kind of way. And no one... Yeah. No one the, the story. story yeah, yeah, no the beginning one the story, story where it like blows Sam Phillips away and yeah. just that he's kind of messing around and shit. Mm-hmm. But I also, I love all this on records music. Um, but, it, but also that, that's, I mean, that Elvis song, when I hear Elvis, when I just hear the name Elvis, that's kind of, that's what I think of. Well, it was, you a, know, huge, dancing with it was the, a huge success. That yeah. I mean, that was, that movie was huge. Mm-hmm. And him, that image of him in, in the jailhouse suit with the jacket on. Yeah, you know, that was Dancing iconic. The, yeah, you know? that's actually a really good movie. I did watch it not too long ago. For like, it's kind of like Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, he's kind of a real jerk in the movie though, too. Like, you know, well, you I, don't think ever, I don't think I've he ever should. seen it. Yeah, he's like kind of a little. He's kind of a jerk in it. You know, I'll watch that before I watch the one that uh, Do the Clam was in that we were talking yeah. about in the comeback the special. He like, made so many bad movies. Yeah, we blame it on the drugs. Yeah, and the Colonel, the Colonel. Yeah, Colonel and drugs. The Colonel and drugs and the drugs and Colonel. But um. Yeah, man. I, so, and Sun Records, dude. The amount of stuff that they put out. I mean, just the big names. And one thing I really enjoyed doing the uh, the out the episode on Sun Records was how much stuff that I didn't know that I learned. Like, I remember that. that was yeah. like just so much. Just like awesome music was coming out of that place. That um, but you know, the big ones are Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, Roy Orbison, Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash. Even though he's sure. like you know, not really rock and roll, but just like. All that stuff within like ten years, just yeah. crazy. Carl Perkins. Carl he, Perkins he was, was great, a, man. He was a great dude, man. Being a great guitar player and then being a great human. 
and the the impact he had on like George Harrison sure. and mm-hmm. stuff like that and the Beatles and um I mean Jerry Lee Lewis too just crazy man yeah you know like taking the same kind of over the top bravado that like Little Richard had but he was white so right. he was a little bit more little but bit who, more who's more controversial him or Chuck Berry Jerry Lee Lewis yeah Jerry Lewis or Chuck Berry who's uh, more controversial at the end of the day. I mean, and Jerry's Jerry still alive, dude. That's no, crazy. I'm, Jerry Lee Lewis married his cousin. Yeah, dude. yeah. Like that's, I think, pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. We'll play a little bit of whole uh, shaking going on. I think song. his music's more of a country kind of yeah. feel. There's a twang to it, yeah. you know, than what Elvis did. Elvis was more of a rock and roll, like Chuck Berry kind of thing. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, man, he he was he, like he hopped. His music was yeah. hopping. Yeah. No, I, I totally I get what you're saying about the country western. Just more mm-hmm. of a. There's just something well, more is, to it's his it than, like you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's, it's his roots. Is where he's from. Yeah, you know he grew up in the Bible Belt and hearing all the Baptists and whatnot. Yeah, that, King, yeah. That, I, that, I, I, I love Jerry Lee. I love everything he's. I did a lot like his earlier career. I love Jerry. He's like one of my favorites. I mean, that song just sums up like scary rock and roll. Right? Yeah, there's there's a whole lot of shit out of people. On, yeah, right? yeah. He's singing about like he's pushing. The he's making some references to you know like we got chicken and the bull, bull by the bull, like old yeah. like farm kind of stitch. <laughs> he's and then wild. He's a crazy man, right? He's playing the piano with his feet and yeah. just Plating stomping it. Fire, right? Iron, he had the long yeah. kind of longish hair, and but um, I. I think more people know the scandal of him mm-hmm. than that Chuck Berry was in jail. Yeah, I, I sure. Like we didn't know like, why Chuck Berry was in jail for the first time. We still can't figure right, it out. Right, But everybody right. knows that Jerry Lee married right. cousin and... And just totally just... Destroyed himself. Right, he's just, a, yeah, he's... Fucking, yeah. Not a great person, but I love his music. Yeah. Um, and you said Carl Perkins, man, he wrote Blue Suede Shoes. Another, you know, Elvis covers it after... Um, I think what it was, after Elvis left... Sun Records? I don't, know. I don't I forget the song. It's in our Sun Records episode. We did a whole thing on that song and who did what or it was um no, Carl Perkins was like in an accident. It was in a car accident or something. I think Elvis covered it. I don't know. Go back and listen to our Sun Records episode. We talked a lot about it. But um uh what else? Any other Sun Records stuff? No, go listen to our episode. We got like 2 hours we did on all that kind of stuff. So, I think that's kind of like the big tier guys and then i had like a list of like other important artists that we could talk about maybe we take a break yeah and we can we can come back and we'll take it from there awesome awesome all right we'll be back stick around prisoners of rock and roll is sponsored by mccusker's tavern at 17th and shunk streets in philadelphia there's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in mccusker's it's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Chunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. All 
All right. You know what, guys? One thing I forgot to say. I'm. We have a new sponsor, too. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is now sponsored by Boldfoot Socks. Nice. Um, remember I mentioned in the last episode, I was talking about them, and the owner, Josh, emailed us. He was, like, binge listening to the sure. show. Oh, sure, yeah. And he was like, I started at episode one, and I was all the way up to your U2 episode, and he was, like, sending me all this, like, you know, the Beatles versus the Stones. I picked the Stones and everything. Well, Good man. He, um... He actually, you know, we love hearing from listeners. So I wrote him back and we started going back and forth. And uh, I said something about like being a runner. And he was telling me there's a runner. And he's like, I run the sock company. Can I send you a pair of socks? And he actually wound up being um, their sponsor in the show now. And they're part of the Pantheon family. Really cool. You know, and I can't just like. It's all because of us. And I can't just like (laughs) read something. I got to go down the rabbit hole just like I do with the show. So I started reading all about the company. man. It was really cool. So. Their motto is like, well, we're grown here and we're sown here. So everything, it's 100% made in America, which I was like, okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, and the, the dude's a veteran. And it's, so oh, it's a family-owned service. Yeah. It's a family-owned business. And he's a veteran. And they give 5% of all their proceeds back to veteran charities. That's great. So I was like, all right, man. Dude, I'm down. And he uh, he mailed me a pair of socks. I was like, dude, they're, they're comfy as hell. I actually, yeah, you had them on the one day. They're, yeah. They look great. I know. So it's like I had to go into the office uh, one day this week in my real job for the first time in like two years. And mm. I'm like, I put them aside and was like, dude, I'm nice. going to wear these, right? Yeah. I got to put on pants for the first time in two years and <laughs> go talk to people in person. Man. I'm going to definitely rock my Boldfoot socks. So they're over at boldfoot.com. Yeah, man, just really, really cool small business that we're happy to support. And uh, we really dig that they were listening to us. And he said he wound up checking out a bunch of other shows on the Pantheon Podcast Network and uh, really dug it. So just we're That's really great. happy That's to great. have a part of it, man. Really, really, really cool stuff. We're making moves. We're making things happen. Making money, making friends. <laughs> yes. Making money, making Good friends. Stuff. So, Good stuff. And talking about music along the way. Good stuff, man. All right. So we're going to keep on rolling. We got a list of like other artists and that's not to say by any means that any of these are kind of like this isn't like the uh, the odds and ends bin like some of the other episodes we do because some of these are like really really big names yeah. that again we could talk about a lot and the first one we got on here is another African American musician and that's Fats Domino. I'm a huge fan of Fats Domino. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's great. Blueberry Hill. Yeah. What a great song. Blueberry Hill is great. I'm walking is yeah. just like a. Yeah. It's kind of got like a Ray Charles kind of mm. kind of vibe to it. Um, I'll play a little bit of Blueberry Hill. It's an awesome song. I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill on Blueberry It's really swinging. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And as much as those other guys were talking about, like, there's no humility, I always thought Fats Domino was a very, like, to me, he seems like a very humble dude. Like, just very unassuming. Sure. He had a, in every video you ever see of him, he had this enormous grin on his face. Yeah. Like, he was just a New Orleans a, guy. Yeah. And he said, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know why you keep calling it rock and roll. I'm just playing the same stuff I've been playing in New Orleans for 10 years, 15 yeah, yeah. years. Like he did, it, yeah, yeah he's kind of like, all right, what's what's the big deal, man? I'm just playing my music. Like, yeah. um, he was the first person to make a single that sold a million copies. This shit. So, and he, um, I didn't think of this, dude. All right, like, from 55 to 60, he had 11 top 10 hits. That's, so it was like, dude, that's just, amazing. just cranking yeah. out everything. And I love it. He's so modest. He's like, I don't, I'm just doing what I do. Yeah. You know, really cool, man. I love it. 
Um, the Beatles, Lady Madonna, I suppose they said they wrote it in the style of mm. Fats Domino. And this was cool too. So like at, um, he was at Elvis's first show in Vegas, the Vegas residency. Mm. And Elvis does a press conference afterwards. And the reporter called Elvis the king. And Elvis was like, whoa, 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 I am not the king. That man sitting over there. Fats Domino, <laughs> That's great. He is the king. That's awesome. That's so it's like, they all looked great. up to him, man. It's really cool. Um, no, I mean, I remember hearing stories, even like the Beatles saying they, they were hanging out with Fats Domino. It was a big deal to them. Sure. You know? He doesn't come across as like a rock guy to me either. He Later in life, he became like this ambassador of New Orleans. He always had that captain's hat on. That's right. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And yeah. He, and he was always in the casinos and shaking hands. And, remember, you know. remember, like in Katrina, there was like that he died. There was like rumors that he. Like, oh yeah, he, I do lived, remember he that. lived there up until he yeah, passed away. That's right. Yeah. And there was these fear, the fear that he got like swept away yeah. in, the, in Katrina, and he, but he didn't. Right. Um. But it was just yeah. It just I felt like terrible for it when when I heard that. Let's go down the ship. That's where he's yeah, from. That's his yeah, home. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, real. Just a, I don't know, man. Just one of those artists that every time I hear any of his music, and I was like, oh, I know that song, I know that song, and it's just rock and piano. Or like I've heard somebody rip that off. Yeah, sure. Know, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, that's just that swing with the guitar or the, that swing with the piano is just uh, incredibly recognizable. It's like a shuffle. Yeah, you know, a, a rock and roll shuffle. Yeah, and it took me much later in my life than I should have to realize that Chubby Checker. Is ripping off Fats Domino. Hmm. Yeah. Like the names, like Chubby Domino. Uh, yeah, yeah. Instead of the Fat, oh, you're yeah, Fat Domino, I'm the Chubby yeah. Checker. And I was like, yeah. holy shit, man, I am I am that stupid that I never, I never put that together. It. Yeah. Until until that has to be where it came from. Yeah. I just, if not, I just made that up instead of I confidently. Like but I like it. Um, yeah, man, just really, really cool. Um, he was a dude, I, I, you always remember those old, like, Time Life series like you could order like 15 cds on like music of the 50s i always remember that song being one of the one of the the clips that they would show i remember always his songs being on happy days yeah he was Mm. like back in the day you would always hear in the beginning of the of of the intro of them walking in the arnold's and you hear him in the background playing And you know what? You, I'm sorry, Doug. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the same thing. Like any period movie from that time, you're going to hear Fats Domino. You know, you're going to hear a, one of his songs in there. You know, the, what we were saying about like how the 50s are kind of like romanticized now, and mm-hmm. you know, the drive-in and everything. Happy Days is a great example of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like that that song "Rock yeah. Around the Clock" is at the beginning, yeah. and the diner and the. Joni loves Chachi, and yeah, the, and American Graffiti also. You know, you go into that American like, Graffiti, right? You know, all right, I am kind of dressed as the Fonz right now. Yes, yes you know, with the outfit and hey, everything is. Hey, hey Cunningham. So, yeah, good, good point. Hey, shortcake. Um, who else is on here? Oh, all right. Next is Eddie Cochran. I do so I'm, underrated. Absolutely, I am, I am a huge Eddie Cochran fan. He's a hot um, rod song, man. Yeah, dude. Let's just play it. Summertime. 
That's heavy. Uh, that is heavy. I was just thinking the same thing. Like that had to blow kids' doors off, man. Like I that's mean, like a really rebellious. Like I got the blues. Like that, you know what I mean, that bass. And it's like I just kept was thinking of like Jack and Diane by Mellencamp. Mm-hmm. Like that same. Like yeah. That like he had to have stolen that from it. Yeah. I I saw Springsteen one time and he just walked out on Citizen Meg Park. It was like in the summer and he just opened with that song. Wow. And I was just like, bah! yeah, yeah. Like, those are going to his cool moments. Yeah. yeah, just really really cool. Um, he's like James Dean with a guitar. Sure. Right. He was good looking. He kind of had that rebel attitude like and he died young yeah it's just um he died in a really weird like he was in a taxi with uh gene vincent and uh uh their tour manager and his fiance and the taxi driver they started to skid out and they're ready to hit a lamppost and he like threw himself over his fiance trying to protect her and in doing that he got thrown out of the car Car. and he he died wow and he was only he was like in his early 20s yeah but he had a he had a bunch a couple hits that were like come on everybody's a great song that's a great song yeah just uh Kind of rockabilly feel, just uh, yeah. He had, like started a whole culture, like you said, the rockabilly. Like you know what I mean, like he said, it was like that that James Dean type character. Like you know, like even today, people love Eddie Cochran. Yeah, like I mean, it's like a go to. Yeah, I think um, Brian Setzer totally absolutely rips yeah. off Eddie Cochran. Yeah, um, and we we have we're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna dive into rockabilly too much, but that kind of starts coming out of yeah. this, like the country. And the Western and the uh, rock music kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. And I, we all love rockabilly music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really cool. And that's that, another thing that's been on our topic list for a while. You know, the hot rods and the, mm-hmm. you know, the pompadours and all that other kind of stuff. Eddie Cochran, too, was good friends with Buddy Holly and Richie Valens. And he said, like, after they died, he said he was, like, obsessed that he was going to die, too. No way. And he said he was trying to, like, I don't want to go on the road because yeah. I'm going to die he on knew. the road. And he, it was like it was a year later. Like Buddy Holly died in fifty nine. He died in sixty. So he knew it was. He, he just had this feeling. Yeah, they said it was like this creepy. He had this creepy obsession that like I'm gonna die. Something's gonna happen to me on the road. He's like, oh my god, I'm so talented. I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I got to make these records. So, um, really, really cool, man. I just I'm a big Eddie Cochran fan, and it's uh, nice that we finally got to talk about him. Forty one episodes in. Um, the next dude we have on the list is somebody we've talked about several times, and that's Buddy Holly. So we talked about him in our you know, American bands. We talked to him. We did a whole episode breaking down American Pie. He's one of the greatest Absolutely. rock and roll stars Absolutely. ever. Just, you know. And you, Ryan, you had, uh, what'd you put on here? You put Not Fade Away on here? Dude, just. It's a, it's a monster. It's just everything he does, like that whole, like, the way he sings, the hiccuping, and just, it's. You know, he was so fucking great. Wasn't he? And he like we, I've said this a couple times before, man. It was like, how much music did we get? Like, he was only there was a year and a half between his first album came out and he died, and he still like impacted every like the Beatles and Elvis, like everybody he impacted. He was doing something that nobody else was doing, right? You know, right? And and you he had said, your like, Elvis, you had your this, you had your that. You know, he was and he was like writing his own stuff, yeah. and he was trying to, he was getting ready to like kind of. Start his own record label because yeah. he was tired of getting ripped off, and like I he, thought, I thought he was more Chuck Berry than Elvis. Mm-hmm. You know, like he had a very clean sound. Yeah, like Chuck Berry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like meaning, like when I said that, like you, like you had your Elvis going, and you had this, you had that. Like you know, Elvis is Elvis. We always said that, but like you know, Buddy Holly, man, his the talent, the, the talent just falls off of him. Elvis. Yeah, I mean, El- I'm not trying to discount Elvis. No, but part, yeah, a part yeah. of Elvis is the showmanship and the shake in the hips. Yeah. And Buddy Holly's he's, Buddy a, Holly he's a nerd. Was, yeah. He was a nerd. He knew how to work the 
um, the work, the, the recording studio. Yeah. He, he was smart. Yeah. The Elvis business. wasn't really a smart dude. The business. You no. Know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. He was gullible. Compare you know? like the Colonel to Buddy Holly going like, this sucks. We're not making enough money. Right. Like he was broke. So he was on that tour that he died, mm-hmm. you know, cause they were, he had to go on the road to try to make money. Yeah. They had a kid um, coming. Right, right. He was Stay uh, relevant. Pregnant. His wife yeah. was keep on moving. Yeah. Right, had to keep hustling, but he was ready to. You know, he was like the. First, it's very punk rock to a degree that he's just like taking on every. You know, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna do the producing and I'm gonna yep. do the the business end and everything. He can do it better than anybody else that can do it for he him. Had a right, vision, he had a you vision. Know? Yes, yeah. yeah. And all the shit that he did, man, just so like light years ahead of everybody else, man. Just, it was so cool. You're he, so cool with those glasses. He's so square that it's cool. Yeah, it's well, like Roy yeah, Orbison's yeah. like that too. Like he's so yeah. nerdy. It's like the, that all it's those badass. all those dudes in Weezer. They all like got their ideas yeah. from him. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna play some Buddy Holly. There's not even like like not everything is mic'd. Yeah, you know, like the no, like he's, hitting, like he's hitting the guitar. The drums sound great. Yeah, I don't I don't know what he's probably using a, a crate or something. Yeah, whatever whatever that is, it's like there's not a mic right up next to it. It, yeah, sounds, it sounds like it's, great. A, it's like a little distant. Even the backup singers like sound like they're, they're not they're, right they're, on the mic. No. But you know, but as, as I mean, I'm sorry, I mean no, 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 go ahead. But it's just like you know, we talked about in the like previous episodes, like. For the recording process and what he did differently, just just as, as important as the beautiful songs that he wrote. You know what I mean? It's so important. Like, it's so before his time, which we said in other episodes, yeah. you know. Yeah, dude, just the, the impact that Buddy Holly had on everything. I mean, even those glasses are still, like, you know that as soon as you see them. They're like the Buddy Holly glasses. They're amazing. I mean, if you ne- you know, if you've never seen the movie, the Buddy Holly movie... With Gary, Busey, Gary Busey. Busey, man, he puts those glasses on and he becomes Buddy Holly. Yeah. Like, you know, I can't get enough of that movie. Like, and it's all Gary Busey playing guitar and singing. And he's one know. of those dudes, the Buddy Holly, that I could like, I could go as far back down in his catalog. You know, there's not he didn't put out a lot of material, but there's a lot, you know, like half. Bad, like you know, throwaway crap from mm. recorded. Like, I'll listen to any of that stuff. Sure, anything and he puts eat it out, up. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, like, give me every single thing you ever recorded of him, and I'll take it all. It's yeah. just, it's great, yeah. really, really cool. It's a shame, yeah. Uh, the Everly Brothers, we haven't gotten to talk oh, about great. them yet, man. Yeah. They're another one, dude. Another the impact. Another a lot of these artists we've talked about are in the inaugural class of the Rock sure. and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. And the Everly Brothers are, are one of them. The, and the I, Beatles love the Everly Brothers. Yeah. I think like, a I mean, lot of bands did. I think like the Mamas and the Papas. Mm-hmm. A lot of groups like that were using harmonies. Totally, yeah, dude. even like Paul Simon and Garfunkel. Absolutely, sure. yeah. dude. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Yeah, all came from them. Yeah, here's a little bit of "Wake Up, Little Susie." Wake up, little Susie. Wake up. Wake up, little Susie. Wake up. We both been sound asleep. 
great song, dude. It's just. It's just great. And the lyrics are a little weird now in 2022. You're yeah. like, you fell asleep at the movie and they're going to say, ooh la la. But yeah, yeah man, the, the guitar's rocking. I the, think the guitar's very rocking for an acoustic guitar. Yeah. It's a very, like, choppy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, like, the Everly Brothers, like, a lot of people look them as, like, white bread? Like, yeah, it's kind of like hokey, sh- hokey yeah, I shit. Yeah, too. And you realize that you don't... It's not... I don't, how cool it is. Yeah. That it's... Yeah. yeah. I think they get... They fall in the... Oh, the Everly Brothers and the Righteous Brothers and yeah, the, yeah, yeah, just generic kind of Ricky Nelson pop kind of stuff. But like, dude, they're great. They're all great. Yeah, the, the Everly Brothers are really, really good. And uh, the one brother just passed away last year. Yeah, so. that's right. Richie Valens, he was one. Like, yeah, you know, we we talked about him a little bit in the episode on the day the music died, and we broke down American Pie. But um, man, I I always. Every time I see a picture of him, you know, it comes out on my radio, and there's always, like, the album cover. Like, mm-hmm. He was 17 That's when amazing. he died. Like, yeah. He looks like he's, like, 40. Yeah. yeah. I was looking at a picture of him when like, he, he just just this chubby little kid compared to, like, what the, these rock stars were men. Yeah. And he was, like, this little kid. And I, I I like that you put on Come On, Let's Go on the playlist and not yeah. La Bamba. And La Bamba yeah. is a good yeah, song. Yeah, but it's but, cliche. Yeah, yeah, but this is this is also an awesome song. Yeah. And it kind of fits maybe the 50s vibe a little bit. Here's 30 seconds of it. It's just like a great rock yeah. pop kind of song. As I'm sitting here listening, like the last three songs you listen to, like it's a lot different than what the rhythms and blues were doing. It's all rock and roll, meaning like you're focusing more on the vocals, focusing more on the guitars. There's no saxophone in any of these songs. They're not filling in filling in the gaps with like with big bands and instruments and like like you know what I mean? You know, yeah, yeah. it's kind of just simple. broken down, simple rock and roll. You know, just I like that stripped down. And I can't think of in the story of rock and roll like a he's the first like Hispanic yeah. guy I can I, I can't think of another Hispanic no. dude that was like a big deal and the fact that he was playing like a Mexican like folk song that he sure. kind of he jazzed up and made a rock and roll song was like again in the fifties you know like yeah. way ahead of he was doing something that nobody was doing yeah, at his something, time something you know? different and he was trying to cross over yeah you know he was yeah. trying to bring his world into pop world and apparently he, and he succeeded there for a moment yeah yeah and apparently it's like, he walked his he worked his ass off to get where he was apparently yeah you and know? he's a kid i mean yeah. he literally was a, was he had a vision legally yeah, was a kid yeah. i love that movie la bamba yeah, yeah. lou diamond lou, phillips he was awesome in that movie i don't know if he like you asked you one of you guys said this about the big bopper like would he would anybody still know that who he was had he not died in the plane crash it's like i mean not. and richie valens was immortalized like buddy holly was buddy holly yeah like he Stands, I mean, he's more immortalized because he died so young. But it's like Richie Valens. Like I don't know, man. Like he, I don't. There's no movie about the Big Bopper. Though. You have to that's, movie that's about true. those two other guys. I don't think I. Th- I think the Big Bopper was more of a personality. Yeah, like, he was a radio DJ. Yeah, you know, he he was just like 
you know, like a flavor flav. Like a novelty kind. I mean, yeah, it's a great, it's a novelty, great, yeah. That's a great yeah. song. And I, at one point, I, I went back and I listened to a lot of Big Bopper stuff. And mm. I was really enjoying, like, you know, shit that's got like 2,000 listens on Spotify mm-hmm. in like 10 years. Yeah. But I was really enjoying it. Richie Valens, I was like, I don't, I don't know, man, if he would have... Would we still be talking about him had he not been in that tragedy? The songs are there. The songs yeah, are there. Yeah. I think we, we'd still be talking about yeah, Okay. Because regardless of the like him passing away like on the plane, those are great songs. Like that's, they're yeah. timeless songs. I, I like that song more than I like La Bamba. Sure. Yeah. But that's just you know, that's just my, my thing. He has that O'Donna song. Yeah, that was a big song. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. forgot about O'Donna. Yeah. That's a sad you know, it plays at the end of the movie when she realizes he he died and she's screaming Richie. What a girlfriend! Sad yeah, we saw that in the theater. Did you? Yeah, I had the soundtrack. He did. I do. Los Lobos. Los Lobos. I don't like that cover of that song either. But you know, that's just me. That's not my. That's just my. my I'll let you know a little secret. It's not really Lou Diamond Phillips singing it. Oh, comic book guy's gonna or uh, El, El Comic Ombre's gonna pull <laughs> me up for not like a Richie Valens. It's not so. really Lou Diamond Phillips. No. What heartbreaking is it? Next is uh, Ray Charles, dude. A great uh, call. Yeah, he, yeah, he made that great. call, and I was like, I, I think he he really takes off in the '60s, but he's on the board in the '50s. Yeah, and, dude, I, he totally uh, structured things for rock and roll. I man, just bridging that gap between like soulful music and some of his stuff just just rocks. He just did. He just did it better. He just did it better. He could sing better. He played like p- piano. He's just a, just an amazing, amazing musician. Yeah, like uh, I think the song "I Got a Woman" came out in the fifties, and like the Beatles covered it, and everybody yeah. else. I mean, you mm-hmm. put "Hit the Road Jack" on here. Everybody yeah. loves Ray, dude, man. Just, everybody loves Ray Charles. Yeah, let's listen to it, man. We we haven't talked about him at all yet, and ever all the yeah. all the episodes we've been doing just. He's so Dude. raunchy. Yeah. I think I think his sound like, is so raunchy. What you say, woman? Just oh uh, yeah. Like yeah. as you say, like I do. It's so raunchy, but there's so much class behind his music, though. Like with the like the orchestrations, like a big thing. Every every not every Ray Charles songs, but like a lot of them are have this big sound behind like behind it, like that that classic big band sound, like yeah. from the 30s. I think and 40s. I think, I think um, he's an intellectual. Sure, he's a smart guy. Totally. Like you know, he. To, he's a musical genius. Yeah, I, I can't. I remember being a little kid, man, and seeing him and not under like how like I can't play the piano, mm. but he's blind and knows how to. You know, I was always like, I was like that was Stevie Wonder. Yeah, and I also can't hear a Ray Charles song with I want to close my eyes and do that the but sway one, back yeah. and forth that he does when he when he's playing. Like he's just into it. Yeah, and it's, yeah, man, just it's a part great, of him. Yeah. yeah, there's just a, a distinct uh, the the harmonies, like the background vocals, and that. Big sound is just, he's awesome. Really, really yeah. cool. Another dude we could do an entire show sure. on. So, you got the Isley Brothers on here? Uh, were they making music in the 50s? I don't know. I always thought they did because the Beatles covered them and stuff. 
They started in the 50s. So, all right, man, let's talk about it. So the Isley Brothers, that was another, you put the Isley Brothers on here, and I was like, oh, okay, man, I, I hadn't really thought about them as being around in the 50s. But uh, they, they were, dude. So the song Shout was actually, came out in the 50s, mm-hmm. and that was their fourth single. So, all right, so they've been, they were around for a while. and um, They just had a great rock and roll sound. I mean, they were a great band. They yeah. were, they, they, they were like, you know, they were a band. They weren't like a, a Temptations. They were like that, like that. That when rhythm, we said like rhythm and blues is rock and roll at the same time. Like before it, it splits off into two separate things, right? Because they're like, there are, there are these acts that are like, I don't know, man. It's like, it's like soul music. It's not rhythm and blues. It's not Motown. It's got a little bit more like, it like, some swagger to it it's hard i can't i can't put it into words but yeah they're they're different than like the temptations mm-hmm. there's not that like smoothness it's more just like kick-ass it's a kick-ass sound yeah it's rock and roll more than r&b or anything yeah would you you had a song on it or you had this old heart of mine uh from the isaac brothers it came out a little bit later than the 50s i think that was in the mid 60s but it's still an awesome song man you kind of get the feel for what they were doing So that song was actually released on Motown, but that's a great example of the 50s sound coming yeah. forward and moving yeah. into kind of evolving into something else. Yeah, you, you know, you hear the influence of pop music from that song, like even to today. Yeah. You know, all those country singers now are, are using that backbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And they, you know, Twist and Shout and This Old Heart of Mine, he said, and It's Your Thing. They, they wrote a ton of hits. Um, very cool. Who else we got in here? All right, so I think that's largely. You know what? There's are there are a couple other like odds and ends on here. Some songs that we didn't talk about. I got two songs. All right, the first one was um, "Rumble" by Link Ray. Yeah, we haven't yeah. we haven't, we haven't uh, talked about great. that at I think, all. I think we talked about Rumble before. Did we? I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure we did. It's um, it's one of those like I know that song. You probably don't know. Yeah, you probably don't know if you hear it. Yeah, we can just talk over it. But it's like. Yeah, yeah. The scene it's like in an Pulp, Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We definitely covered this. I don't, it's just great. It's a great song. I actually just bought a guitar, and this is one of the first things I learned how to play. Is it? Yeah. I think it was like the. I don't know if it's in the Rock and Roll Hall. Of, I, he's not in the Rock and Roll mm. Hall of Fame. I think maybe the song is, but it's like a really important instrumental because it's one of the first songs to use distortion. Yeah. Um, and I just I don't know. I just was thinking of shit when Total I was driving down rock here. Song. Yeah. Total influential. Yeah. Really, really cool. How many guitars came out of that? Like, they heard that. Influential. Right. Absolutely. And then I found found one other song that um, it doesn't fit in the narrative at all, other than I'd never heard it before, and I really liked it. It's a song called... It's a song called Please Don't Touch. It's by a band called Johnny Kid and the Pirates. Okay. Um... I just thought it was Johnny really Kidd and the Pirates. What a great so name. the guy the guy had an eye patch and he held a sword. Sure. And um, Alice Cooper called him a a, a big influence because they were like one of the first ones to play 
some shit. They had another song that um, the Who covered on the Live at Leeds, and the Who said they're the most important band ever come out of England or something like that. But anyway, can we hear it? Yeah, dude. I just this song. I just I really like that. I really like the chorus. Here you go. It's fifty nine. I just I was like, that was really cool. Yeah, very psychedelic. Yeah, it's really before its time. Yeah. I was like, that's I just, why the who said that. I, mean, I get it, you know. I was like, I'd never heard that. Really cool. Like, just you know, like, uncovered something different. And the guy dressed up like a pirate and had a, like a, a sword in his hand. When I first saw the the picture of him, he had an eye patch. And I'm like, Arr. wait, Johnny Kidd and the pirates, and the yeah. guy's got an eye patch. And he said, like, no, he wore it as kind of like a, a shtick. So. He was on psychedelics. Like, he was yeah. one of the first guys on psychedelics. Yeah, way ahead of his time. Just and I was like, oh, 1959. He just made the cut. That, yeah, that's great. Um. You know what, and then I guess there's also part of the 50s, too, where music, well, you know what, so it, as the 50s start to close down, you know, they start winding down, it's like, and that's the, the cool part of this story, the interesting part of the story is like, that there's like a bow on the end of it, because it was like, with all within a couple of years, man, it's in my notes, Elvis goes in the army, Buddy Holly dies in a plane crash, Jerry Lee Lewis gets busted for marrying his cousin, Chuck Berry goes to jail, Little Richard becomes a minister, Eddie Cochran dies, and then so it's like everybody's here. They all changed everything, mm. and then they're all gone. Wow. Like That's within like a couple years, years. Yeah. yeah, ten years. And then the gap gets filled with all this like pop music kind of yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. swoops in. It's like Bobby Darin. There's also a lot of like novelty so- like that song like um, the Purple People Eater. You know, like yeah, goofy, yeah, yeah, sure, little that, goofy stuff. Yeah, yeah. or that. Um, that uh, the coasters like Charlie Brown, he's a clown. That's, like, yeah, that's that. a great song, though. It is a good yeah. song. I have that. You know, let's play a little bit of it. Picking on me. That's him on his knees. I know that's him. Getting seven come eleven down in the boys' gym. Charlie Brown. And it had like Fabian and Paul Anka and all those other kind of dudes. Like, you know, White. like what a lot of this music seems like it's from this coast. What was California doing? Like, is the Everly Brothers from California? Like, it's just something I'm sitting here thinking. Like, a lot of this music we're talking about is like kind of like the Bible Belt and then like Philadelphia. And like, of course, New York and and uh, Cleveland and this net. What was going on in California, like before the Beach Boys came out or whatever? The Wall of Sound, I don't or, know. You know, the Everly Brothers were from Kentucky and Iowa. Yeah, so like, I, I, with, with, I don't know. Was there anything going on in California yet? I don't know. You know? Yeah, that, I guess I got some homework to do by the next episode. One pop dude that did come out of the 1950s was um, that I. I think is cool was ricky nelson absolutely ricky nelson right great. he was like big on tv yeah. right like ozzy and harry yeah. and yes. all that other kind of but stuff his music was great though yeah and he was kind of like the good looking dude in some safe. poppy song yeah he was safe he was right safe. for 50s the alternative for like yeah. you can like little richard to like him yeah, yeah. right but 
What he had you? an edge to him, you know. Yeah. He was like the watered down James Dean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like the the safe Eddie Cochran yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's a good call. Here's a here's some waiting in school. I've been waiting in school all day long, waiting on the bell to ring so I can go home. I throw my books on the table, pick up the telephone. Baby, let's get some going. Heading down to the drugstore to get a soda pop, throw a nickel in the jukebox, then we start to rock. The school gal, baby, gonna taste some news. You should look good in the baby doll shoe world. So one, two, a foot with a shoe. A three, four, get out on the floor. Five, six, come get your kicks down the corner of Lincoln and a 46. Yeah! But he's super cool, though. Like, he has such a, a, a flow with him and a lot of his music that he just goes. He's got a lot of, like, he's got a lot of feeling. You know, I always loved his music, as white bread as he, he might be, and or, his, or, and his, or they perceived him to be. And his kids were they were Nelson awesome in the eighties. After <laughs> the rain, uh, but yeah, Ricky Nelson's awesome. Yeah, I always enjoy hearing his music. I always liked him. Um, another another song off the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. I think that's it, man. I think it's the fifties. There any 1950s. other nineteen fifties? All right, man. Let's just move on to some music news and some second thoughts. I got a couple. I got two stories for music news. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the inductees for the next class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame are out, and those people that are going in are Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, The Rhythmics, Dolly Parton, Carly Simon. The Early Influence Award are Harry Belafonte and Elizabeth Cotton, and the Musical Excellence Award are Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And Judas Priest. And lastly, the Amit Erdogan Award is Alan Grubman, Jimmy Iovine, and Sylvia Robinson. By the way, if you want to hear us talk about 10 artists who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we did a whole episode on it. We did. I do not understand how Jimmy Iovine is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He, I, yeah. he made so many records. The yeah. Producer, businessman. I was he's, like, he's I was like, what? Yeah. He's yeah. not? Like, Clive he's Davis genius. is in there? Amit Erdogan yeah. is in there? Yeah. Like, I didn't get it, but... He's um, getting now, so yeah. I, you know, whatever. I was, you know, yeah. Judas Priest. They gave. They kind of threw them the bone. That like they threw it's LL Cool J. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, about, it's about time. Yeah, heavy it's super important. It's very important for it to happen. Yeah. How about them being in before Iron Maiden? Yeah. yeah. I, and then both of those should get to, should deserve to be in. Yeah. And then the MC5 and the New York Doll. Like, there's a mm. whole list of yeah. all that. Kind I think of shit. this year's pretty weak. Like the week the, this year's. Enlistees or whatever is mm. fucking weak. Here, just give me your thought. One, two, three, four. Just the performers. Pat Benatar. He you know, like I, nobody cares. Who cares. I don't care. Duran Duran. Sure. That's a big deal. I think they. I think they. Yeah. They're they're sure they did something. They had a lot of pop hits. Yeah. Uh, Eminem. Sure, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Rhythmics. Yeah. I think they should be. I, yeah. I'm a bit. I yeah. love Annie Lennox. Dolly Parton. Sure. As yeah. much as she doesn't want to, they're going to put her in there if she wanted to or not. Yeah, especially when she said that. Because like, oh, now you're definitely. Yeah, she's got Hall of Fame titties. Yeah, <laughs> Hall of Fame titties. And Carly Simon. Eh. I do you know two songs by Carly Simon. I'm so vain. All right, that's yeah. one. <laughs> no, I right yeah, between yeah, the three of us, we yeah, can't do no, it. No, right? You're she's, so, she's so vain. She's in that Carl, that Carol King bucket of just kind of like what is sure. man? Yeah. Wah. Yeah. Write me another song. <laughs> All right, uh, and then the la- other song, I, the other the other news item I had was that Apple discontinued the iPod. Mm. So Apple announced it is discontinuing the iPod Touch, which was the only model of the iconic music player that was still available. 
The original iPod was introduced in 2001 and revolutionized wow. the music industry. They sold 450 million of them. That's how fast technology moved Technology, forward. right. In 20 moved years, forward. man, that, that, that's obsolete. I mean, I shit. I still have mine. It doesn't Dude, work. I still I, have mine, too. I want, to, I want to figure out how I can convert it into something else. Like I, like, I still have it, but it doesn't work. But that hard drive's in there. Like, I, I have thousands and thousands and thousands of songs. Mine got to the point that with, like, all the shit in my iTunes wouldn't fit on it anymore. Yeah. And I still have it. I found it in a drawer, and I put it on Facebook Marketplace, and I got immediately, like, people, like, oh, I'll drive over right now. It's 11 yeah. o'clock at night. And I was like, nah, you know what? I'm not going to sell it. Because yeah. I don't know if everything is still on my yeah. hard drive, my computer. Mm. Even, like, it's just crazy. Like, you went from CDs to that. To like that's obsolete. The fact that you could carry every piece of music you've ever owned around on something inside of it was ground. It was like my dream come true. Right. Yeah. I right. I had that book of like a hundred CDs, CDs in yeah. my car, and yeah, and you know, as things went on, and you know, Apple, iTunes, everything it changed everything. everything. Yeah. But you know, it's funny you brought up CDs. Uh, some some group put out this week, like last week, they put a new album out, and they're just releasing like a big band. Not a band like a pop band, or right. just releasing it on a CD. That's the only way you can listen to it. Somebody will download That's the only them. way they could probably make money. I guess so. But who, like, these kids don't have CD players. Right. Like, you know, like, it's just kind of curious. One. Maybe, my, yeah, they're going to start selling this Yeah, band. like, yeah. My, my truck doesn't have a CD. I don't have a CD. Yeah, my car does. does. Yeah, my I car does. My uh, sound system for my stereo has, has a CD it? player. Oh, like yeah. My, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have one in my house anywhere. My my travel trailer has one yeah. in it, but that that's it. I don't think I own, I don't really own any more CDs. I I sold them all when I moved yeah. in with my wife. Yeah, yeah. sure. I got like a hundred bucks for like <laughs> thousands of thousands of dollars yeah, that you yeah. spent. All the I had them all alphabetized and organized yeah. and all this shit what that we used to get. Yeah, just, and now it's on Spotify. Yeah, Love or it. it's not even yeah, even, I, yeah. Not. even iTunes, man. Like I had the software that it would like you could download like youtube videos and the mm. audio so i would go like you know i'd watch all these bootlegs yeah and i would make audio of it i had all this like cool i was listening to um like the chris robinson brotherhood doing like sugary the other day i'm like i have this on my mm. itunes somewhere i'm like i'm probably never gonna fire that up and listen that's to why it i want to keep my ipod i want to switch it over man because i have like a lot of bootlegs on there yeah you know, you'll never find right, again. shit that you'll never find i had like meticulous man like all this springsteen yeah. shit I was on like the message boards and download uh, my stuff. first ipad my first ipod was the u2 ipod so it came with the whole u2 catalog in it already, already on it yeah that was shit was awesome and it was like the biggest the memory of the t- of the time I forget how many songs you could put on it, but do you remember when you two put the iPod yeah, out? Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, I remember my the one that I still have. You like you played videos on it, and it blew my mind, man. I remember like taking the train in New York, and I'm watching like Mickey Mouse on this on the little screen, tiny this screen. little screen. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it's crazy just how how much that changed everything. And I mean, that was the shit to put like Sam Goody out of business. Yeah, right. The, the streaming and digital and Napster yeah. and all that shit, and yeah, you know, probably a, a nerd episode on like the rise of napster or something it's probably not a very long one but anyway um i just thought it was interesting that it was like and an apple's now like for something that, that and that also like brought apple back from like irrelevancy mm. you know yeah, like that, iTunes, yeah. the hell were they right doing? they were just like the, floundering as a computer company yeah. they're making toilets for nasa right and now it's like <laughs> all right dude we're not even gonna bother anymore it's not worth our time yeah it's just crazy that was the beginning of like to the iphone to to what we yeah, know yeah, today. Yeah, right, you know what I mean? Right. It was the that, beginning. The watch, right. the iWatch. The yeah. watch and all that other. Fuck. Right. 
All right, second thoughts, man. Uh, oh, so we got a really long email from longtime listener and kick-ass friend Jackie from Seattle. It's always Jackie. great to hear from Jackie. And since she lives in Seattle, she had to write us about our sub-pop episode. So, loves. Thanks for the excellent grunge episode. I enjoyed your memories, stories, and music clips. What a time, huh? It was really special. It was a very special walk down memory lane for me because I was right in the thick of it as a mid-20-something living in downtown Seattle. I can't tell you how exciting it was. My friends and I went to local clubs all the time to see our favorite bands. We saw Tad open for Nirvana one night awesome. before Nirvana exploded. My roommate at the time was a was a t-shirt and poster printer and made tons of local band merch. I was a 12-stepper back then and remember seeing Andy Wood at meetings. The whole downtown Seattle AA scene was devastated when he died. The same when Lane Stanley died. I saw Lane one night in the shopping in the University of District Safeway. I remember thinking, what a cool-looking homie, even though, oh my God, he was so pale and thin. So this happened at my boyfriend John's work one day back in the 90s. A seasoned maintenance engineer swung by work, and John escorted him to some more equipment. The man asked John if he knew a band, Alice in Chains. Of course John did. The man screamed, I'm the rooster, and told John that he was Jerry Cantrell's father. I kind of love how proud of he was of that. Anywho, my bus to work in downtown goes by Sub Pop headquarters every morning. It's only a a few blocks from Bad Animals headquarters. Speaking of bad animals, have you fellows ever considered doing a Seattle episode on the band Heart? I feel like you would kill it. Anywho, part two, thanks for the great episode. I can't wait for the next one. Love, Jackie in Seattle. Awesome, Jackie. Thanks, Always Jackie. awesome to hear from you. We will put Heart on the list. It's a band I don't know almost anything about. No. I've seen them. They're good. Have you? Yeah, I saw them a couple they, years ago. They could well. Yeah. They, did, they did some shit. I wrote her back, and I was like, all right, man, we'll put it in the list. Yeah. I don't know anything else other than like, kind of like... They wanted to be the Led Zeppelin, the girl version of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. That was, they, that was their goal. They were very, like, Renaissance fair early it, in the career. Yeah. And I know that, that hair, like... The 70s. Yeah, yeah. All I want to do is make love to you song. Makes you want to... Uh, I don't Barry like Barracuda and all yeah. that, man. Yeah, they no. killed it. They killed it. They did some stuff with Alice in Chains, too. They did. Did like, they? Yeah, after Lane Stanley died, they did some shit. That it must was like, be fucking Sounds weird as shit. shit, right? But it was pretty cool. When so. they got inducted to the Hall of Fame, dude, they had like half, like half a Pearl Jam backing them up, half an Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. Like, all these guys were like fucking yeah. playing with heart, dude, and they killed it. It was we'll, awesome. We'll put it on the list, dude. I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about anybody. All right, man, so the next we're going to do the electric chair. The electric chair is a segment that we've been doing since, I think, since the Sun Records episode, where we kill a song because we think it sucks. And, Ryan, you said you got to pick this week. You're on a roll, man, with these Dude, ideas. I, 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 I don't know. I just hate cheesy women. <laughs> I, I hate them. And uh, I think Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks is nothing but cheese. Oh, Landslide from, from Fleetwood Mac? Yeah, everything about them, everything about her. Ugh. It's just been overplayed. Like, it makes me want to shoot myself. Yeah. Remember when Smashing Pumpkins did this? That. Yeah. I didn't even like it when they did I don't like that version. Yeah. Bruce is like, I love this song. I, I, this song I could do without. Um, I, I do love her voice, though, but I'm over this song for the last like million years. I, I do like some Fleetwood Mac stuff. I, I had tickets to see them one time. I didn't get to go because I was like... I was in Texas for work, and I'm like, I have to be home in like five hours to get to the show. And right. I, it's not gonna I, I, I just sold them on. I was out of town for work or something. God, people probably hate me for saying 
that's kill Fleetwood Mac songs. No, People. well, it's just a song. I agree with this song. They have better songs than this. I, I said before that I wanted to do a um, like dysfunction junction, like them versus the mamas and the papas. Because, I mean, Fleetwood Mac, they're all fucking oh, each other, yeah. and they're oh, all God. like... I don't know. I think the mama and papas would win this. They're all... Right, right. right. I mean, just, you know, like, and you were like, I'll be on vacation that day or I something. Will. Yeah, but, yeah. I um, all right. You got any more hate you want to dump on him while it's still playing? No, like, <laughs> Stevie wanna... Nicks, man. She did more cocaine than, you know, that guy in in, in Blow. <laughs> I don't know. She's got a great voice, but I do agree. She, like, dude, she used, in my opinion, she used Jimmy Iovine. She used him. She used Tom Petty. You know, she used her sexuality she, she's to get what woman. she wanted. She's yeah. a woman. Uh, they're they're a band that I don't know, like she whatever. Sing, she has there's a beautiful five voice of them, though. and it seems like there's at any given time there's only four of them in because yeah. one somebody's not in the band. Other yeah. than Mick Fleetwood, Mick Fleetwood just seems kind of like he's just happy. He's the luckiest guy in the I world. I don't give a fuck. I want to play my he's drums. Not he's not even a good that, drummer. He lives in that estate in Hawaii. <laughs> he doesn't or even something. play drums on this song. He's this song's huge. Right. He's not even a good drummer. All right, all right, all right. We sentence you to death. Yeah. It's an interesting pick, my friend. Yes. I feel like I, I should. we should have like a tombstone. I'm like we Photoshop all these artists. <laughs> Other than like the, uh, you know, the electric chair episode we did was like too long. But, no, uh, we, we need a ride like the D- Disney Haunted Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> the, ghost of- <laughs> the ghost of the rock and roll all the prisoners. Like, yeah. Right, the prisoners of rock and ghosts. Stevie Nicks tries to chase him, like snort you through her nose or something. <laughs> like, are you the ride goes like through her nose, like the hole in her nose where the coke was? Oh my god! Okay, well, this was fun, man. I enjoyed yeah, this. Yeah, nineteen yeah, fifty is everything. Yeah, yeah right good on. Stuff, we'll have to figure out what the next episode yeah. was going to be. Yeah. All right, so that's a wrap on episode forty-one and the nineteen fifties. But if you want to hear more of all that great music, man, we put together a Spotify playlist for every episode, and there's a link in the show notes. You can also get more of us by following us on your podcast platform. You can check us out on social media. You can go to our website at prisonersofrockandroll.com, or you can drop us an email like Jackie did at prisonersofrockandroll at gmail.com. There's a link to all of that in the show notes as well. And uh, thanks, Amanda, everybody who's been checking us out. We'll be back in two weeks with some more insight and entertainment. I don't think we quite know what we're going to do next, but uh, we're going to figure it out as we're, we're packing up and getting ready to go. So I think that's it. Thanks, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Keep on rocking. Peace out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 